everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. Together, we see how our ordinary and even messy moments can become platforms for the miraculous. And I am with my special guest, Greg Wooldridge, known by some as the boss. You'll see why in just a moment. I am so excited about our conversation and you will be challenged and wowed by his amazing story. Well, if you'd like to sponsor an episode, reach out to me at AngelaDenadio.com and we would love to have you. Well, I want to get you right to Greg. As a career naval officer, Greg Woldridge had the distinction of being selected to lead the Navy's precision aerobatic team, the Blue Angels, a record three times. During his highly successful command and flight leadership of this exceptional team, Greg took the Blue Angels to Moscow. This was the first and only time the Blues flew international shows with an unprecedented stop in Russia. The Blue Angels were at the brink of being dismantled when Greg was called to lead them one last time, ensuring the Blues would continue to soar. His leadership quickly brought the team back to preeminence. A physically fit and heart-healthy former Navy fighter pilot, Greg was suddenly hit by an episode of sudden cardiac death, and we'll talk about that in a moment. This event was completely unexpected, and Greg's life was saved by the quick action of someone who gave him an astonishing eight minutes of CPR. A non-believer at the time, Greg experienced God's mercy and the blessing of yet another second chance in a life blessed with many second chances. How many of us are thankful for those? Greg revels in telling the story of how the complications of this life-threatening event and the questions that raised about eternity and his spiritual journey led him to an introduction to Jesus Christ. He's a sought-after speaker bringing exceptional expertise in leadership and teamwork, and I am super honored to have him on the Make Life Matter podcast. So welcome, Greg. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Angela. I'm honored to be with you and the, the listeners. And I am, as I say in my speaking world, I am glad to be here. Well, that uh, evidence of gratitude is all around me. And that's what I wake up thinking about what I have to be thankful for. Oh, I love that. The evidence of gratitude. And we were discussing um, that even today, the Blue Angels are flying over Dallas and they were right near my area in Baltimore doing some um, partnerships with the Thunderbirds to recognize and thank our first responders. And, and it still gives me chills watching them. And I just want to hear all about everything you've done in life. What an amazing, and I'm, I'm a bit of an adventure junkie, Greg. So I, I'm completely enamored with, with your life and just the things that you've done and the things you do now to make sure that your life is mattering for the kingdom. So for people that are unfamiliar with you, tell us all the things about you, your family, where you're from, all that kind of stuff. Well, one thing I like to do, Angela, is to level the playing field a bit uh, with a short background of what I've, what my life has been like. Um, a lot of times they say, well, the Blue Angel, you know, he must have been brought up in a country club, you know, and had all these privileges and, you know, been close to the Lord, maybe. Uh, none of that. None of that applied to me. You, you mentioned second chances with my cardiac arrest. Um, I had a lot of them in my life. I was... Uh, a lousy student in high school, had a C average back when C's were C's. 
my mom insisted I go to college, first one in our family to do that. I did, and I got in on uh, probationary status uh, with a work-study program in a Presbyterian school in southern Illinois, south central Illinois. I got kicked out because of my antics, uh, behavior, and uh, academics, and the dean said, somebody said that you had potential, you're just a knucklehead. And and I'm going to give you another chance. So that was one of my big second chances after my mom kind of gave me my chance to go to college. Uh, And then I was off to the Navy. After school, I graduated in the half of the class. It makes everybody else look good. Anyway, I got through and it was time to serve. I joined the Navy, had some challenges there. You know, I was not the, uh, you know, the ace of the base, as we would say. And uh, so I was fortunate again to have some second chances. Got a second chance flying onto the aircraft carrier. Didn't make it, didn't qualify the first time. Mm. And a guy got to me and said, hey, they gave me a new instructor. I thought I was going to be out of the program. But they gave me a new instructor and he said, look, Greg, I know you can do this. And you know you can do this. But I want you to remember one thing. You fly the airplane and don't let it fly you. So what does that mean? You know, I took that uh, literally to mean fly the airplane, you know, don't, you know, make it do what you want to do. But now I've taken it to the rest of my life whenever I come up on something that I have the skill or the experience uh, to have to do going forward, I go, you know, come on, Greg, get a hold of this situation. You fly it. Don't be in the reactionary mode. You plan your course. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, nothing has uh, inspired me more to do that than finding the Lord. Mm-hmm. And with the Lord's help, we can do just about anything. And I, uh, I was religious, if you will, went to church maybe once every three months, max, mm-hmm. uh, recognized uh, that, yes, uh, Jesus was there, um, but not fully engaged. So anyway, I went on in my Navy career, didn't think I'd have a chance to be selected to lead the Blues, got to lead them, came back a second time when the the leader that relieved me had to step aside for a while, and then went off to command a base in California, which turned out to be great. I took some of that Blue Angel stuff and uh, used it to create a team that got us awarded the best base in the world that year. Got ready to retire from the Navy and got called back to the Blue Angels a third time, as you mentioned, when uh, the team was uh, in kind of dire straits. And we got it going again. Uh, But all this time and in all that flying, uh, you know, I always thought if I made it through something, it was it was good luck. Right. I didn't realize it was a blessing. I I got my 27 years in the Navy and then it was off to uh, Worked for FedEx, which was a great company to be with. And uh, I was in the last years of that when I had my cardiac arrest, which is normally sudden cardiac death. Um, I got eight minutes of CPR from, to be frank and honest with you, from my ex-wife. And since that was uh, in 2008, the end of 2000, right at the end of 2008. Again, not knowing the Lord not knowing grace, not knowing forgiveness, all those beautiful things that we get from the word. (laughs) So powerful. Um, Wow. um, (laughs) Anyway, so the question just, just nagged at me. This, this life, this spirit of ours that we have in the earthly life, there's gotta be something that happens. Right. And so I was searching for, Oh, many years. And, uh, and uh, about two and a half years ago, I met someone who talked to me about 
crucifixion and uh, the rugged cross and the resurrection and the way it was posed to me and what I saw and when I went to the church that she went to and felt the joy there. Oh, it was incredible joy. I thought, wow, you know, there's, uh, there's really something to this. And I started, you know, getting into the, into the word, into the Bible. And uh, since then, you know, my life has changed. But during that transition from being not able to fly is when I started to get into public speaking and telling my story about the Blue Angels, about the sense of gratitude and about the trust you can develop between people. And that brings us up to these tumultuous times now mm -hmm. where people cannot get together. So I'm not doing much public speaking mm -hmm. uh, because of the pandemic. Where I am right now is, is you know, concentrating on when I interact with people to be the salt and light and not and try to take fear out of this whole situation. That, that, that's what's uh, troubling to me as it were. We're so in, embedded in the fear mode when we should be in the, you know, the hope mode and the faith mode and the things that the Lord's going to do for us as we go forward. That was, that was amazing. I was emotional myself listening to you. I can hear the gratitude that's in your voice. You know, I find it interesting because I can't imagine how exhilarating it must be to, to fly with the angels, to lead them. And yet I can hear the passion in your voice now that it's almost more exhilarating of a life that you lead now because you've developed a relationship with the Lord. Would that be a true statement, Greg? Absolutely. In fact, um, that faith and that realization that with prayer, we can achieve almost anything led me, <laughs> it's kind of a, a remote thing, but led me in 2018, a couple years and a half ago, to uh, right after I, and I call it the Lord finding me. I don't call it me finding the Lord. I cracked the door open and he said, hey, Wilkridge, I got a plan for you, buddy. You know. Um, so that was when, uh, that's when I decided that I didn't like the way things were going in our state, Oregon, mm. uh, politically, which creates cultural and moral issues for me. So I decided to run for governor. <laughs> you know, let's just go for the big one, right? Um, <laughs> I ran, uh, I got in late into the race, and I was the gubernatorial candidate endorsed by Oregon Right to Life, which means a heck of a lot to me. And I was just, you know, uh, so honored with that. Uh, I, but I, I got in so late and my name recognition was pretty low and I lost in the primary. But I feel like I brought some new discussions to the whole uh, political arena. And I think, you know, I've, I'm embracing other ways, if you will, politically, to, uh, to make changes that change our state of Oregon. Um, and I see some of this happening around the country to bring us more in line with what the Lord tells us, if you will. I, let me that, that could be said better, but, you know, the word, what the word mm -hmm. is and, and what it means. So that's where I am right now. And going forward, I just want to be a, a beacon of, of good hope for people. Well, tell me for a little bit about this near-death experience. I know that you had with, I mean, eight minutes, that's, that's astounding. And I'm curious as to how that became a turning point for you, Greg, because so many people do go through things, uh, difficulty. So many people are going through difficulty right now with COVID. And like you said, unfortunately, 
the nation's been crippled in a way by fear. And, and I'm curious to know how that led you to change because it doesn't always bring people to an acknowledgement for Christ. So what made the difference for you? It was just seeking out what happens after this earthly body of ours decides to give it up, right? Um, I just knew there had to be something. It was, mm. it was, I was in great health, uh, athletic, you know, and, and there was no reason for me to go down like that. And, and I think perhaps it was the Lord speaking, saying, mm. Waldridge, and the fact that I was saved, you know, that I didn't perish. I got eight minutes of CPR. That's almost unheard of, mm. especially to survive that without brain damage and other issues. So getting out of that with that incredible, almost miraculous recovery, if you will, I thought something, a greater power here is, is working and there is something that I need to do and a way forward I need to look at. And I just, uh, I hadn't never had anybody really describe to me what happened to our, our Lord, the Savior uh, mm. of all of us that saved us from our sin. But nobody, he went to the cross when we should have been the ones on the cross. Um, a man with men of God from God that had no sin and he gets the torture and the punishment, but uh, it was all part of God's plan. Uh, I just decided that uh, there had to be something better for us and a, a uh, way that all this energy we have in our human bodies goes forward and, and, and how can we save that? And, and that's what I found uh, through coming to let the Lord find me and coming to realize that uh, Jesus is indeed our savior. Mm. And he's such a, like you said, a loving God who gives us second chances and third and fourth and fifth and so many chances we don't even deserve. And I want to talk for a minute about what it was like for you to lead the blue angels and maybe share some of those memorable moments. I know you've seen the miraculous, not only through the fact that you were spared, um, from sudden death uh, with this cardiac arrest, but also just, I'm sure, some near misses and just some, you know, flying into Russia. I mean, you had a very interesting life, both before you really knew the Lord and now afterwards. So share a little bit about what, just what it was like to lead them and, and maybe, you know, some of your most memorable moments, if you'd like to. <laughs> I have plenty of those. I, you know, <laughs> I talked about some of the some of the places we got to fly, like over downtown uh, San Francisco for Fleet mm. Week, that's just incredible to fly through that arching span of the Golden Gate Bridge. We never went under the bridge because mm. we wanted to, but the FAA said, nah, we don't want you guys down there. So <laughs> we had to comply with that. But flying over San Francisco, awesome. You know, flying uh, Seattle with Seafair all over the United States. Some of the greatest shows, though, were like the Quad Cities in Iowa, where you, you got down to the, the red meat people, if you will, of the country, the, the center of the country where people uh, love their, their military, love their Navy, mm. and a lot of veterans, and uh, just a wonderful people. And the people mm. and the children were amazing. Getting to impact their lives, that, that's what gave us the greatest sense of appreciation, the greatest sense of thankfulness of what we were able to do. And of course, we went to Moscow, we went to Bulgaria, Romania, you know, some of the former Soviet bloc countries. They just thought we were giants there. Uh, it was really uh, humbling to see the impact we had on them. 
a lot of the flying was, was in fact, uh, had some danger to it. We had uh, one midair collision uh, involving mm. two of the other guys in the formation. Fortunately, uh, both planes were landed okay, and we fixed them and uh, found out the cause. And we went flying the very next day, which is kind of unusual. But wow. we had such a deep level of trust. And that's, that's what you, you know, that's what I look for with people is develop trust that is uh, unbreakable. And mm. because we're all sinners at heart, <laughs> you know, we think sinfully sometimes, we speak sinfully sometimes, and those actions sometimes reflect our brokenness, and we have to get back to the Lord, mm. obviously, and, and try to take his word and not let those things enter our head, in our speech, and in our actions. Almost blacking out on the airplane. I, in fact, my first flight with the Blues, I was in the back seat. We had a couple of two-seaters of one of the solo pilots that go out and do these high-performance things. I thought I could handle the G-forces, and one time he said, okay, he called me boss at the time. He said, okay, boss, we're going to do a high-performance turn here. So he's in the front seat. I'm in the back. We go into the turn, and I'm looking at the G-meter, and it's going through 4Gs, 5Gs, you know, five, wow. times, five times our weight as we sit here, right? And I see 6Gs. I'm going, okay. I see 6.5Gs. I'm going, wow. Hmm. And then I went out. I passed out. I had a G-induced loss of consciousness, a blackout because of the high G-forces, because the blood drains out of your brain and you can't think anymore and you just go dark. And mm. uh, that happened to me twice in that flight. So that was an eye-opening uh, introduction to being a Blue Angel when I and maybe think, maybe I don't want this job after all. <laughs> let, me, let me think about this. What is that typical? Like, what are the typical G-forces you fly at? Well, uh, some of the maneuvers are six and seven Gs and the Ooh. solo pilots who go out and do these high performance turns, they'll get up over seven G's. And we we flew without what we call G suits, which is kind of a, a piece of gear you wear over your legs and up over your abdomen that inflates as you increase the G level to keep the blood from blowing down into your flowing out of your head down into your legs and that's mm. when you would get a blackout. So we did not fly with those. So we had we lifted weights about an hour and a half every day and that was good team building. But the, the building of the of the strength really helped us in tolerating G's. So mm. yeah, those G-forces were a lot, but we, um, we knew how to tolerate it. I just want to, to have you talk for a second about some advice that you would have. I know that you share something called the four C's when you speak. And, you know, there's so many people, Greg, that get stuck and they never embrace this change that's necessary to become the person God has called them to be. Even if something profound happens to them, like what happened to you? It, it wasn't an impetus for change the way it has been in your life. And I wonder if you could just speak a little bit about those four C's or any other, anything else you want to share there that helps us to really embrace change and be who God has called us to be. Sure. Sure. The four C's were, they're, they're more related to trust, but trust is so doggone important. I mean, it, it could even be the trust that you have with your relationship with the Lord, right? Um, now, these four C's were more about our trust in those eight apart formations at 400 knots, uh, trusting each other. And so my wingmen trusted me, I trusted them, and they trusted each other. And I like to refer to it as the four C's. One of them is, uh, the first one is competence. You know, that, that we each have a level of competence that we've, that we've demonstrated, and that starts building the trust between each other. We know the person we're working with knows what they're doing and knows how to do what they're doing. 
that's an important starter. The next is commitment. We're all committed to getting this done. We all have the same level of finding importance in what we're doing and sharing that with each other. And you can see that, you can feel that with your workmates, your teammates. The third thing is character. What do you do? What does a person do when nobody's looking? You know, that old, you've got to have the character. You've got to have the personal integrity and, and not letting you yourself get down when you get into valleys. And a lot of the, a lot of what I've learned from the word, from the Lord's words are that, you know, we have to stay strong and keep our character in line. And a lot of that has to do with the understanding, you know, that we are uh, naturally born sinners and, uh, but our character can help guide us there. So competence, commitment, character, the third, the last C, the fourth C is, uh, is the consistency. And I think once we gain that consistency, we can really, really, really develop trust between each other. If, if you break that, that breaks down the other three C's. And that, that, those are the C's of trust, but they, they apply to all of, our, all of our living, everything we do in life and, our, and even our relationship with, with God. Well, Greg, you're such an inspiration. You're really a national hero, and it's just an honor to speak with you and have you on the show. I'm going to ask you to pray over us in just a moment, if you would, but I would love to know if there's anything else you'd like people to know about you or for sure how they can connect with you. Once we're out of all this COVID and we're back to having gatherings, I know you're a very sought-after speaker, so can you let us know how people can find you? Sure. Sure, my my I'll give you my personal email, and it's a funny email. Rugdance, just like it sounds, rugdance at comcast.net. Rugdance was my old Navy call sign because ah. I got called on the carpet so many times <laughs> for the commanding officer, and I'm shuffling my Is feet. Is that true? That's a true I, story. You know, I pushed the envelope so many times. Again, this is you know, when I was a secular sort of person uh, pushed the envelope, got in trouble, and they called that standing in front of the skipper's desk on the carpet a rug dance. So you had to go wow. to another rug dance. Yeah, yeah, that was me. And that's well, true. Like that's it. a true story because I'm looking at, I see it in my show notes, rug dance at Comcast. I had no idea what that meant. That's the truth? Yeah, yeah. it's the honest truth. And I know you share a lot about team building, trusting your teams, you know, leadership, and of course your relationship with the Lord. And Greg, I love all the ways you're choosing to just let your life matter for the kingdom, make life matter. And that's what we talk about here and discovering miracles in moments and keeping our eyes peeled for the miracles and, 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 and just the way you're choosing to live on purpose for the kingdom of God and make a difference. And I'm just so grateful that you've taken the time to be here with our listeners today, Greg. And, and I just, just pray God's richest blessing over your life and all the different ways that he wants to continue to use you. So I just want to invite you to pray over our listeners as we end our conversation today. Thank you, Angela. This has been a tremendous pleasure for me. Dear Lord, thank you for what you bring to our lives. You know, our gratitude for that, uh, our thankfulness is just, it, it just unex- in, you know, it's almost unexpressible. We show you that through our uh, obedience our following of your words, and going forward, the strength that you give us to face these crises that we each face, individual, uh, global, whatever that might be, 
we open your great book and read and take faith and you know faith the faith that's unseen the virus is unseen but it's there your faith you are there god and we love you for that we love you for your son jesus and we thank you for all you do in our lives you encourage us to live without fear in the name of your son jesus i pray amen thank you so much for joining our conversation i'd love to stay connected so be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at AngelaDenadioBOV and Instagram at AngelaDenadio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.